Please pronounce your name correctly for me. Oh, my name is Julie Chenot. And you have an incredibly impressive resume. I looked through your little bio. You have done things with Smithsonian. You've done Rockefeller Foundation fellowships. You have quite a, a, a lovely CV going. So like, how did you even get into the the arts part of this whole thing? Because I noticed a lot of your education is business and business management and city planning. So how did you sort of transition, sort of, I guess, transition, but like sort of move from economics and business into the arts? Well, actually, I did not move from, but back then, back in the 80s, in late 80s in France, there were not that many educations specialized in art management. And so the best way to, there was one or two masters, but not that many. And if not the best way, and also looking at the French education system, the best way was to do one of those, what we call grandes écoles, which are well known being engineer or being business, but it doesn't really matter what you, which one you go for literature. If you do that, then you can do whatever you want after that in a way. So I did. I actually first started in an engineer prep school. And after a week, I said, no, I cannot do physics and maths for so long. So I went into a prep for business school. And, but during the business school, all my, all the documents, all the, the essay I had to write were all about theaters, performing art, my internship were in theaters. And then right when I came out of it, I went to China and I started also working in, in the arts. So actually my entire career is in the, in the art management. Okay. Well then let's go back a step even further. In your childhood, how did you even get interested in the arts? Was it parents, teachers? Like, so what was the thing that sort of led you to the path of even wanting to work in the arts? I, I really like performing art. I really like going to the theater. I used to go very often being a child. My neighbor was working in a theater, so I used to go all the time there. And that's very much where it, where it started. And my, my family, I would say less my parents and my grandmother, used to bring me really often to the theater in Paris. Now you're working for, I'm, I'm probably going to pronounce it incorrectly, Camargo? Camargo. Camargo. Give me a little bit of background on Camargo. Now, just to be clear, I watched your recent webinar on YouTube for the application, so I'm pretty well informed, but many of the listeners may not, and I will put a link to that webinar in the show notes so that people can reference that as well. But give us a little bit of background on Camargo. So Camargo Foundation, it's a residency center for artists, scholars, and thinkers. It is located in Cassis, south of France, on the Mediterranean coast, in a small harbor town called Cassis, like half an hour away from Marseille. It was the, the estate of an American artist and philanthropist called Jerome Hill. Jerome Hill was from a wealthy family from the from the St. Paul from the Twin Cities, and his, his grandfather was one of those persons who launched and built the, the railway from the northwest of the U.S. So he, his family was very much into the art still, 
and he got the freedom to study art. So he studied first music and composition at Yale and then came to France and to Paris and studied visual arts in Paris. And that was in the 30s. And then some, at some certain point, his teacher said, okay, go south and paint in plein air. And that's what he did. And they arrived in Castille and he just fell in love with the light and the colors and the landscape. And so he started coming here every summer with some friends and then decided to buy this property, which back then was just not so much. It was they were building, and there was one building built by an, uh, an English painter at the beginning of the 20th century. And there was a small cabanon, but really a small cabanon from the army of Napoleon Bonaparte. And the rest, only rocks. And really, he developed it as a way to be able to come here with friends, with artists, was like invite them and stay like within different buildings that, that he, he built he had built on the property and also he decided to to in the 50s he decided to do an open air theater an amphitheater because he wanted to do an experimental music and theater festival which he actually did and it was quite incredible because in the it's really a small harbor town. Now it's quite touristic, but it was not like like back then. And he developed this theater and invited people like Olivier Messiaen and commissioned the living theater in the 60s. And then at the end of his life, he said, okay, I, he was gay. So for him, it was really a place where he could be himself and not be only the grandson of a wealthy family and, and just be live his own life here without having people looking at it strangely. I mean, actually, people here in Cassie Inhabitant still really are talking about him uh, and love him. And so he decided to do this, out of this estate, to do a foundation. So he established it in 67 and it started in 71. Really from the start, it's really from, from scholar, it started more with scholars and slowly but surely artists were also invited to join. And now I was looking at the application and of course watching your, your, video, your webinar and everything. I noticed that the general, historically, it was about research and not so much about production of art. Um, so it's about sort of taking the time away from the hustle and bustle of daily life in order to focus on uh, introspection, research, things like this. That is very interesting um, because a, a lot of the a lot of the the residencies that I look at throughout the world are all sort of focused on production and an output and an outcome. But you all seem to be very focused more on the process of yeah. thinking and research and reflection. Emma, is that correct? In the core program, in, in, and it's not in all the programs, but in the core programs, that's exactly the case. The core program, which was the one that was launched in, in the 70s, uh, in 71, it's very much time and space uh, provided to individuals or co small collective being artists, scholars, or thinkers. Since 2014, we have other programs we have been developing uh, uh, at the same time. And it makes that this program, the core program, is even more time and space provided to, to, to residents. With the idea that we are in a society where everybody is rushing, everybody has to run from one project to another project. And if you are 
if you are a scholar, you have to publish a book every so many years. If you are an artist, you need to, to have exhibition and performance and new composition and a new film. And, and you just have no time to just pause and reflect on what you have been doing and, and just think what you want to do next or where to go. And, and I think those time, I think it's, I mean, it's not only killing all of us, but it's also killing creativity. Agreed. We, we, I think the production system that we have, at least in, in Western countries, and it's, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's very standardized by now, often. And, and, it's, and as a result, also, it leaves little space for, for something different. Oh, and with social media and everything else and the art fairs, the means of the proliferation mm -hmm. of art fairs and all this, there's just such a need to constantly produce, um, you know, with Instagram and social media and all that, like daily, weekly, you're, you're supposed mm -hmm. to be producing something new all the time. And th this luxury of, of having some time and space away in a beautiful place like Cassis is, is sounds quite magical in many ways. It, it was, then the site is magical. I mean, let's be frank. <laughs> it's, it's, it won't be possible to do something like that and to propose something like that without this site. The site is just, we are really just above the sea and we are in, in the apartment or in the property in the garden is half of the horizon is, is, a, is a sea and, and the other part of what people can see is a huge cliff called Cap Canai that is changing color all the time through the day. And then there is a harbor. So it's not, people are not isolated. They can be alone, but if they want, for example, in the evening to go and for a walk or go for coffee or drink, it's just there a few minutes away walking. My big questions to get sort of into this whole thing is about like, how does the foundation choose? Like, cause I know, I, you know, again, I watched the video and read your website and the, so you get approximately a thousand applications for a, about 19 slots and that's very competitive. Agreed. The question is, is like, how, how are those decisions made? You know, like, I mean, I know that they're a jury and the juries change and all that kind of stuff, but, but when they, they sit there, like, so they're looking at the application, they're, they're reading a letter of intention and then they're looking at a CV and they have generally some examples of some works or, or research that has been done in the past kind of thing. So like, how are, like, what are some of the factors that are, are thought about? It's of course, what is, what is proposed and, and uh, the quality of what is proposed. I mean, some people still propose a project or something they want to work on, but some people propose something much, much broader or they would like to use a residency. Then of course the, the background of, of the, the, the applicant is other small, because we accept up to three, a co collective of up to three persons. So also the background. Then there are two questions that are like, smaller question that are end up being very important, which are, why do you want to come to Camargo? Not, and there, there are so many answers to that. It can be, why do you want to come to Camargo? It can be because of the location of Camargo. It can be because of 
of the bank, what is Camargo being a place for artists, scholars and thinkers and being more on this idea that the, 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 the focus is not on discipline, the focus is on the fact that all these individuals are, and our teams are actually doing research and all they are doing research. So that, that's, that's something very important for us. Okay, within that, yeah, I have a question. Go ahead. If if you're okay, so you have I think what six different sort of categories. So you have like researcher and and visual artist. We have a little more, but yeah. Okay, more than that. Okay, sorry. So approximately, let's call it six. So is it are the quantity of applications sort of like the same? So like there, if you get a thousand, do you get like two hundred of each different category, or is it like? 800 visual artists and 100 and 200 researchers kind of thing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not balanced between categories. I mean, the idea is the categories is like out of the 1,000 and it's more or less 1,000 every year or a little more, a little less. It's around 200 scholars. By now, the, the finger, finger category, which is extremely vague, but that's really on purpose is really for independent, because scholars are really people in the academia and, and thinkers, so can be independent scholars, so not attached to a specific university, or they can be critics, they can be curators, but also even a journalist and someone who is a philosopher could, could, could apply as a thinker. And so those are two categories. And then among the artists, we have different categories. Of course, the biggest one is a visual artist. As I assumed, yes. Every year we have something like three, three to 400 visual artists. We have around, and then, and then creative writing is a huge category for us. We have one, around 150, 120 to 150 creative writers. And then we have, then it's composers, film, performing art, it's all around, it's more around 30 to 50. Those are, are smaller. And we have a multidisciplinary category, which is quite, quite, again, I mean, it's, it's where people don't fit into any of the other categories. They just say, okay, we go for multidisciplinary. Now, within that process though, okay, because you have scholars and academics and, and writing the application, because basically what I'm doing here is I'm sitting here thinking I'm going to apply. So, you know, how should I structure my application? So the idea would be, since you're sort of competing against scholars and all these kinds of people, should your application be academic and sort of rigorous like should i be quoting philosophers and making all kinds of big pompous statements or is it should i be more um, personal and more sort of earnest and sincere we have two selection committees one is for thinkers and scholars and this committee is composed of six persons six individuals so six individuals I will say all have a, an academic background, all usually all have a PhD, no, no, no. Some of them are more, I would say more, probably more traditional academia person. Some of them are very much interested in interdisciplinary work and very much 
interested in people not coming only from the academia and more interested in, in indeed what we call the the the, the enders this thinker category. So it's it's a it's a mix of panelists. The the artist selection panel is composed of programmers, curators, artists. And and they they are not interested in in a in a scholarly proposal. They are they are really looking at no I mean not we we had some time that of course the text is always interesting and and like the application the presentation is always interesting but people are in some categories are very much looking at only work samples and and the bio every year in the scholar thinker category we always tell them it's it's good to 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 leave space for one or two phd candidate a year so it's not only people that are well established or or quite well established people that are already like we'd say in, in the US tenure track or already professor and 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 it's really good. I mean, it's really good to have this this mix of of experience. In the artist, we we also say to the jury, you can don't hesitate to have one or two person you think there is a huge potential but there is a risk. We cannot take only people. So sometimes we have people that are relatively less experienced, young, but this, it seems very, very, very good. And yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, but we, we have, if we take only people that have been everywhere, it's, it's not so interesting. And that's one of the things like I've been in academia and in the arts for 25 years in total, and I've never done a residency, uh, mostly because I find the whole process very intimidating and quite scary. Like, be, but most of okay, my biggest problem is this I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. So I have no idea what I'm going to work on six months from now or a year from now. And so the idea, every time I've tried to write some sort of application saying like, oh, yes, I plan to do this, 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 this. By the time it comes around, I'm not working anything like that because so much time has passed and so much experience has occurred. And so I find it very intimidating to be able to, to you know, quantifiably sort of explain eloquently what it is I want to achieve. However, recently in a previous podcast, I had a guest, Amanda Marchand, who talked about how, how when it comes to writing an application for a residency, the most important two questions, and I believe you even mentioned this in your video, was why me and why now? Yeah. No, no, that's really important for us. But then the question is, what is a convincing why me and why now? Like, cause I could say, because I need a break and I need to, and I've got an exhibition coming up in a year and a half and I need some time to focus. I mean, but that's not really a why me, why now and why specifically your residency. I mean, it's, yeah, it's why, why, why do you want to come to Camargo and, and why at this stage of, of your your life or your career or your project or i mean there are different ways to say to answer the why now well what are some, some successful things people have said that that sort of was lack of a better way convincing 
I mean, for the Y Camargo, there are some very usual answers to that. Camargo, if we look at scholars, Camargo is a French, is, the background was very much French humanities, French and Francophone humanities. It's clear that all the relation to the colonial past of France is very much something we are we are we, we are welcoming scholars to work on the archive from from the the French colonies are it's in X so and we are facing the Mediterranean so that's something that is very straightforward also for I would say for the idea we are facing the Mediterranean, we are facing this landscape, which is a national park. We're in the middle of a national park called Les Calanques, and we're working quite a lot with them through other programs, not this core program, but through other programs. So for sure, the, all this, all the work related to environment, relation to landscape, relation to climate change, it's, the, it's quite an obvious place. Also, all the, the people that want to work in in crossing disciplines, relation to art and, and between artists, scholars, thinkers, that's also a place that is an obvious place. I mean, there are not that many residences. There are, I and mean, we're not, of course, not the only one. And and of, it's, it's good that we are not the only one. But they know that most residences are more discipline focused, or are for the artist, or they are academia focused. Even if sometimes they welcome artists here, it's it's much more probably much more ba balanced, and it's much more focused on the on the research process. Well, I've also heard stories about different residencies where mm -hmm. some are very individual, where basically you show up, you sit in your whatever space, and you do your own thing, and you don't really interact with a lot of other people. And then, of course, there are sort of the other extreme where they're very communal meals and like lots of critiques and group events and things like this. Like, so where does yours fit in that? It feels like sort of a make your own adventure kind of like you can be collaborative and cooperative if you desire, or you can be left alone if you desire. Yeah. The thing is that we have apartments. We have 13 apartments on site. Each apartment is with, is independent with kitchen and bathroom. Each apartment is occupied by one resident or one team. So, so people are there. We don't organize daily lunch and meals together. We have, however, some once or twice a week, some uh, gathering being like around a pro presentation of a project. One of the resident presenting who he or she is background, the, the question she or he is working on. and But the rest of the time, we leave it open. We might, we, we will like give suggestions, of course, give information on what's going on in the area, being in Marseille, X or Cassis. We will also, uh, you can, if you want, I mean, if you want to, to do your own like, Film screening, for example, there is some equipment you can do it, and and we encourage people to to even go for a walk, go for a swim, or things like that together. But those are very much left to them. So we we had some, for example, some resident, and I think particularly of a, a writer who, for three days, would not come out of her a better her apartment. And great, I mean, if this is what she needs. And if she needs to really go into a bubble 
and and just to to focus on on a, a novel that's perfectly okay with me and with with the team and of course we have some other people that say after like in particular scholar they say okay we we write for and we work for six seven hours a day and we have a pre very precise schedule and it's in the morning and early afternoon and then the rest of the time we just it's no need for us we cannot go we cannot do it 24 hours i mean we need to go for a walk we need to do something else so we can be really focused when we we have those hours every day uh, and and all that it's it's possible and and indeed i think the the former formal part that we as camargo the team we organize is very much for each other to to know about the work of each other and know about the background of each other but then we very much leave it to informal meetings and exchange for residents to go deeper uh, and and exchange more depending on their affinities as subject we leave it to them i want to know have you i want to hear sort of both sides of this like some what are some I guess, good outcomes. So like from your standpoint as the foundation, what would you define as like after the, the residency is done or even during the process of the person being there, what, what defines like a good residency for you? And I'd like to hear some experience, some bad experiences, maybe some things that went wrong or, you know, it could be visa problems or shipping or whatever, but like some, some things that, that basically like, things that we as potential participants might want to try and stay away from to not upset residency programs, <laughs> you know, getting excessively drunk and like making an ass out of ourselves kind of thing. No, <laughs> I think it's, it's, I, I would say they had very different personalities and people are in very different stage of their life. And, and, and of course, when being away, it's, it's sometime, some things happen, people might have families that are sick or, and so there are some difficult periods like uh, people that we have a few, like I arrived five, six years ago and we had a couple of people that had to bring to, to the hospital, never for very serious things, but so those things is, is never fun. But I think as individuals usually, because they have their own apartment and their own space, it goes, it goes very well because each person can be, can go his or own way and, and doesn't have to, to, to follow the others and they have their own space. So in general, that's the, the difficulties I would say might be more the group dynamic. Of course, sometimes there are people that really don't agree on some certain subjects. I would say, it's it's getting probably more tense or more tense discussions and sometimes with no tension between people but they the subject for example of related to partly to black lives matter and and re relation to to where you are from what is your background what can you what can you do where are you talking speaking those 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 are are currently they're very important subjects. Yeah. I mean, politics, religion, racism, sexism, those are always hot button yeah, topics. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and because we are a place where we welcome people from very different countries, very different background, gender, for sure, gender prefer like preferences, and, and of course, a subject that we are welcoming the people are really most of the time working on, 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 on very sensitive subjects that is also very much related to, the, to who they are. And, and they are in a process where they take time and where they tend to open up. And people get very close because uh, we are a place, it's still in the landscape, uh, the, the sea. So people tend to, to, to open up. So they also get very fragile. It's a good thing, but sometimes it's, it's, it can be a little risky. But that's part of, the, that's part of, of, of what is a, also Camargo. I love how you're being very politically correct on like bad experiences. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we not. We were talking with, uh, not so long ago, with, uh, I mean, regularly we talk about that. Those, those tension between residents. I totally understand. I lived in a group house for like two years where we had 20 people living in individual rooms, but we had to cook meals together. And the amount of anger and hatred that vegetarians had for meat eaters was insane. I mean, I totally understand like just like a, sim a, a simple life choice can become a rather intense thing when you're in such a sort of a intense situation which you're saying like it can be emotionally vulnerable yeah but and then we are talking about yeah people having gone through very difficult experience and and then other people arrive and they say oh yeah but that's that's they don't they don't understand so of course and i'm not blaming one or the other i i think People are coming for very, from very different background. Okay. Speaking of very different backgrounds, I noticed that you had a program that allowed for people with uh, children to also get some additional stipends and this and this, because this is a conversation I've had with a lot of other guests, which is basically the, the difficulties of being a, a parent and still trying to have a successful creative practice. It, it is something very tricky, above all when talking about residences and traveling. Yes. So now you have, you've made a, a partnership with Sustainable Artist Foundation. Is that right? Yes. Camargo has always been a place where it was welcoming families. We cannot welcome very young kids. So kids have to be above six years old. And the good thing of, of, of Cassie is that, I mean, it's 8,000 inhabitants, but it's like a village. So it's very easy to, and, and it's quite, it's, I mean, it's a wealthy community. So it's, it's very easy to go to the school and say, okay, there is, we have a resident with kids. Is it possible to enroll the kids? And, and actually above six years old, the schools have to enroll the kids. That's compulsory. They have to accept them. And, and, and they are usually teachers and the school administration, they are very, happy to have also kids coming from Camargo. So that, that's, this part is, 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 really, is very good. It, I think it's very good for kids that are six to 10 when they go to primary school. It's easier that when they are lower secondary school where they are much more attached to their friends. 
And then one thing, but up until now, up until last year, we were not able to provide extra support to, to families. And financially, the decision to come as a family or to, to or for even the, the, the resident to come alone, and uh, it's, it's a huge financial burden. Yeah, childcare, absolutely. So we were very lucky to receive a grant from Sustainable Art Foundation. And the great feeling, thing of Sustainable Art Foundation is that they are extremely flexible. And they really understand that what is important is to provide flexibility and to say, depending on each, and it's, it's for artists, depending on each artist need, we can accommodate. So it can be an artist deciding to say, okay, I need some time away and I, I need my, my, my kids to stay home with my, my partner or with my family. And, but that still involved that it would be more childcare. So then the, the, the grant can be used for, for that. Or oh, we want, want my, my, my family, my kids to come for maybe just a couple of weeks. And that's also that's also could be used, or I want my my kids to be with me, but maybe I need some support to pay them some French classes to help them. So that's that's really depending on on what each person would need. It's a grant. It's the first time that we are doing it, so we we said and we 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 will see how it works. We said we give five five hundred to one thousand dollars per person asking for that. And then we will discuss with uh, the person specifically. And it, it will be very much based on the needs of the person. Along with that line, so like sort of looking forward of plans of stuff. So like, how is it that the future is going to sort of change and evolve? Because like you said, the back in the 70s, it was very uh, research and scholarly based. And now it's sort of going more a little bit towards, uh, you know, uh, the arts and the visual arts and the interdisciplinary arts like so as the executive director as the person sort of guiding this path what do you see it continuing the same way or is it going to continue to expand or differing or change like what's the this and of course you can add in anything about covid changes as well the thing is until 2011 there used to be only the core program and then after there was a, a, a stop of the program for a, a couple of years. And when I was hired to, to redevelop and relaunch the programs, we said, OK, we go on with the core program. So this one we have been talking about. And at the same time, we can launch other programs. Expand. Tell me about more of these expanded programs. Well, we, we have been developing many other, like other programs. The idea when I arrived, and, and that was great with the, the board who said, we want to experiment. We want to try other things. We want to open to this area and develop more partnership with organization in this area. We also want to be more international and, and maybe more towards the Mediterranean. So just go ahead and try. Of course, we had limited budget and things like this. I mean, it, it's not a, not everything was possible, but it was still a huge, quite a quite unique chance to experiment. So, and, and say, okay, for the 
three years, you will go ahead and experiment. And, and I, I used to work in this area before for the European Capital of Culture in Marseille. That happened in 2013 and worked there for, for that European Capital of Culture for se seven years. So I knew quite well art organization and the university in this area. So I started developing partnership with them. And then we realized that it was quite interesting, but it, we, we needed also, it would be interesting interesting to have also the organization for that, uh, the legal organization, and, and to be able to receive fundings from Europe and from France, to, to be able to diversify fundings, both in the US and on this side of the Atlantic. And so we we were, we went through a huge process of so also of thinking what 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 is Camargo and where to go and how to reorganize it, and which we are kind of finishing now. We are at the end of that, and so we have currently we have I, I don't know but we have something like a lot of partnerships being with every year on top of the 18 residents that we have through the core program, we have something like 50 other residents coming via partnership programs. Some are with art institutions like the, the National Museum in Marseille, the Ex-Opera Festival, the Film Festival in Marseille. Some others are with Ex-Marseille University, the, um, a university in France called EHESS, more social sciences, with also our, our sister foundation in the US, Jerome, Jerome Foundation, and three arts in, in Chicago. Now, after six years, the idea is to end that now is that we have changed also the organization, the administration, and the way legally we can work in France. The idea is to maybe refocus it and to keep a very strong what, what, where Camargo is coming from, those residencies with the core program, which is really time and space for individual or small collective. And this, this should be preserved, but also to be able to, to have sh probably shorter residencies for team of scholars and artists coming together, like more to experiment working together. We're not going to do much making, but they, they come together. And that will be more with the collaboration with the, the uni universities. Then have residencies that will be two years it's, it's a great space, Camargo, and, and we have 13 apartments. And since I arrived, I really wanted to be able to use the space to have periods where the entire space is used for people from different disciplines, but working on the same questions. So we did two already of that. One was with, because we're in the middle of the national park, we worked, we asked famous fr French landscape architect of, I would say is more than an architect, probably a, a philosopher than, than a landscape architect. Oh, he calls himself a gardener called Gilles Flemont. And we asked him to write a, a short essay, and this was in 2016, 17, a short essay on relation to, to human to nature, the concept of nature and, and what, and that it was a concept that was out of date and that we needed to go to something else. So asking a lot of questions is very short text. Text, and then we made a call and and selected not eight artists that were working, and each of them were working came came for five weeks here and worked with scientists from the area, but also people from the park or inhabitants, 
and then follow following after those this residency of five weeks we went on to produce some of the of the project and and in two weeks we have a huge exhibition in in marseille of one of them nicolas flock who did the uh, huge work on the and the water landscape of the national park and we did another project very different but in the same idea one of our board members, Carly Brown, is an African-American playwright and, and director. And one of his dreams, and of course, when he was younger, he said, OK, I'm African-American. My culture is in Africa. I want to go to Africa. And then when he went to Africa, he realized that he was very American. But he was very much interested in also having a space to be able to bring together African and African-American playwrights to, to spend some time to work on their own project, but also spend some time together to exchange, discuss, exchange experience, not only on what, it, what, it, what, is, uh, or what is African cultures, what are African culture, what does it mean to say I'm African, African-American, what are the perceptions but also very much on production. We like discussing on, on the production means, like what are the production means in, in, in different countries in Africa. It, it happens that the, the, the people, the residents that were selected were from Nigeria and Zimbabwe. So it was mainly, of course, it's not entire Africa, but Zimbabwe and Nigeria, they were the discussion. But, and, and in the US and yeah, and really concrete discussion and then following that, we had also some follow-up uh, readings in the US and, and in Ghana, in Accra. So that's, that's something, those group residencies that are more reflecting on a subject is something that we will go on developing. And last but not least, to develop a, a fourth dimension, which is just production residency, but more long-term, like two to three, four years, to be able to accompany some someone uh, for a few years. Not full-time at Camargo, but really saying, okay, like we have, for example, a composer that we, have, we started working with and he will come for 16 to 17, 18 weeks within three years. And it's some, we're working on that with the, the Contemporary Music Center in Marseille and Nirkam in Paris. Of course, it, one could say this is just a commission, but it's slightly different because in that case, he really gets a lot of time here. It's not like usually he would get three, four, five, six weeks in a residency, but now we tell him, okay, you have, you can let, and then you can shift when you want to come and, and we can discuss when it makes sense for you to come and, and we are just accompanying you and you are welcome to work on different projects here. Well, that, that sounds like an incredibly attractive idea to be able to say like, okay, you have 18 weeks allowed at this residency over the next three years and you can do it whenever you need it or whenever it accommodates into your, at your life kind of thing. Like, so that you can go and focus for a while, take a step back and then sort of refocus again. Like that actually sounds incredibly attractive. Of course, we're not gonna. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, it's. I think is is really. And for us, a team is really is really interesting to be able to to have some one person to come and to develop this relation 
is, is re really fulfilling because if not, it's sometimes frustrating. People come for two, three months and, and then they leave, but they, they started to, to really get a sense of here. I mean, some of them are working on, on our developing projects that are related to here, and then they get a sense, but, but they have to leave. And two, three months is very short. I mean, it's, it's long to, it's a good time to pause, but to do anything to develop a new project, that's really not enough. So of course, those, those long residences, this is something we, we, we still have to, we have been doing one or two at the moment and, and we really want to develop. Of course, we're not gonna do 20 a year. I mean, it's probably two, three, four, that's two, three a year, I would say max. Well, I would imagine they would also include uh, additional partnerships and or mm -hmm. funders kind of thing as well. So like, that's not even, that's not something I'm sure you're, it's part of your core, no pun intended, core curriculum. So it, it's something that sort of necessitates having additional partners and or additional funders to in, in able to expand. And, and with the idea that people can, like a resident can shift, can come during, first during the core program and then end up with an idea that he really would like to develop here and move to another residency type. This is just for us different categories, but then people, the idea is that's at least what we want, what we, we imagine is that then people can, if, if some of them could swap from one place to another in the long run. I love it. Sounds beautiful. I'm all for it. That's the aim. <laughs> to, to it's a that. great idea. To be able to provide different, I mean, the site is, is is great and it's very beautiful and it's 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 good to be able to to provide different ways to to make the best of it. Okay, two last questions. One, have you seen any change in the quantity of applications or the desire of applications due to the COVID issues throughout the world right now? Because I I would imagine on the one hand more people want to get away <laughs> but on the other hand less people want to engage or travel like because of the fear of sort of going to different places kind of thing so like on the one hand it might be that there's exponentially more interest because people need a break mm -hmm. from their quarantines but on the other hand people might be afraid so how does it fall with you all so far we've since the covid the, the, the huge call that we have, the main call, is the, the, the core program. And the call is closing in, in two weeks. And it's only it's an annual call. So the last time, it was before COVID. So I cannot... Okay, so you haven't have, actually seen any difference yet. I, I cannot yet compare. We had a, a smaller call that is with the Goethe Institute and with the, the regional fund for, for contemporary arts. But that's very specific, so I don't think it's possible to compare on any, like this call. So I don't know on that on on the number. I what is sure is that the, the COVID is for us is very difficult because we are an American residency center in France. Even if we are in more international, but no, it's not only for uh, Anglo-Saxon or Americans. De facto, I would say one third, at least, of our residents are from North America, and currently, they cannot come. So, oh, that's right. Canadian could come, but I mean, of course, and and most of our residents are U.S. based, and currently, 
they cannot come. They could, we could maybe find, we are, we are just looking with the French embassy in the US and seems that there might be ways to do it. But then uh, are people willing to come? I mean, we are in an area that is a red area in France. Of course, the campus is very safe because each person has its own apartment with own kitchen and bathroom, and, and there are a lot of open air space. So yeah, that's that's really for us at the moment is really tr is really tricky. We had a residency starting on February twenty fifth uh, of the core program, the spring session. So just and and as part of the residence, we had two one person from Iran, one person from Italy. So actually, just when upon arrival, we said, okay, let's take a break for two weeks, for ten days, fifteen days. But then when the fifteen days went were past that's when the there were all these announcements in france with covid and most of the actually most of the residents said we want to shelter in place so we said okay we do that and a, a couple had to leave uh, for different reasons but most of the people stayed then the the difficulty started after the after the lockdown in in may june because june july august we had mainly people from outside europe and all of them had to cancel. So we redeveloped new programs that were more targeting uh, French or Belgian regional artists and scholars, but really short-term uh, programs. The question for me is how to, I think, is how to stay welcoming and keeping this link with the US, but also keeping this more international dimension of Camargo, bringing people from outside Europe to Camargo, still in safe conditions. And, and we know that it probably will take a couple, one year or two years. So how to do that, how to not become a, a French place, or only French focused place, uh, we would uh, lose the essence of, of Camargo doing that. And at the same time, I want to have in-person residences. I, I like the, the in-person, I like the physical, I think there is a physical experience of being here and, and facing the sea and being able to exchange with others uh, in small groups uh, and again, the space is 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 well adapted for such situation. So it's 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 tricky, and we we are really discussing. I was, in I don't know how it is in Poland, but I think in France we were all expecting that after the summer it will be back to something nor like normal, and and now we are all saying, oh yeah, well, but now we basically it will take at least a year or two. So how do we think something different? They Yeah, they here in the Czech Republic, they thought that it would probably be able to easily be dealt with. But now uh, it's not that way anymore, for mm -hmm. sure. They, I mean, because all the restrictions have started to come back in place. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist, and I believe that uh, we're still going to have a second wave and then a third wave. I mean, much like the Spanish flu of 1918 and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got my whole. I've got I've got a shield and like yeah. I've got, 
what we discovered with the um, French consulate is that there is an exception for long, very long residences, like academic exchange are possible. I mean, of course, the, the, peop, the person needs to be to agree to do it. We are not going to force anybody and feel, feel comfortable to do that. But maybe an option is to say, OK, let's, let's go for longer residencies that, that can fall under this exception and where it's, it's, it makes sense to why not do uh, a 10-day quarantine upon arrival. I mean, if someone is staying for, for five, six months here, that's OK. If someone is staying for a month, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, things are changing, and we have to figure out how to make things work. It's good to know that there is a conversations being had about mm -hmm. how to do this. Because I mean, my big concern, of course, is that because of all the health issues and all the political issues and and the international political issues and all this kind of stuff, that basically arts are ignored. So that's my biggest fear. So mm -hmm. the fact that the, that there are still ways to accomplish these things basically are still being figured out is optimistic in my mm -hmm. perspective. I would say not for me. I would not be. I mean, and again, it's coming from being speaking from France, where I don't think art will be ignored, uh, even if it will be. It is difficult. My question is more that we don't come back to only talking about national level and that we, we keep this international perspective. We, we saw it so quickly, like during the, in March, April, when suddenly like all the borders closed and suddenly it was just like going to Brussels or to Germany or to Barcelona, which is something we, we wouldn't just find very natural, became something impossible. I think I've taken up enough of your time. I'm sure you're very busy. So thank you very much for the time. Thanks a lot. It was great talking to you. And uh, Yes, I, I hope I can get an application in before October good. 1st. Let me know if you need any, if you have any questions. I will say your video was very informative, actually. Like, I mean, it, as much as I generally hate those kinds of webinars and things like this, like it actually was very informative. And like, I get it. I understand what needs to be done. I'm, I'm still intimidated by the whole process to no end, but yeah. People do change between the application and what they actually do on site. <laughs> I understand that. I, I think it's, Which is normal. I know, but it, it, it's that, it, yeah. I mean, it's a whole series of like fears of like, you know, fear of failure. So like, I'm always afraid, like you write an application and you say like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then you go there and like, what happens if you like, go through the whole process like let's say i stay there for like eight weeks and at the end of the eight weeks i go this thing i've been researching for eight weeks is a waste of time and i can do nothing with it <laughs> like that's my fear that that's what's going to happen that mm, some people come and if they feel that it is not the right time anymore to work on that subject they might come to see me and say like actually I have something else I need to do or I need to research on or or I through the last year from when I applied and when when like the time I applied and when I arrived things have changed I've evolved and I mean and, and also the the application is it's a 
basically a, it's a the proposal is to a three-page proposal or something like this. So it's not uh, extremely like you don't have to go very deeply on exactly what you're gonna do here. I hope it'll work out. Let's Good. See. Perfect. All right. Thank, Thank you very much. You. Bye.